This podcast features explicit language and spoilers. Welcome to Better Late Than Never. My name is Dave, and I'm your host. This is a movie podcast where, sometimes, I get a friend to check out a movie from a genre, era, or creator that I don't normally watch, but want to explore more. This week, I am going to be watching a movie that I have never seen before, The Notebook, from 2004. This movie is from a genre that's a blind spot for me. The Romantic Drama. I'm joined this week by my friends Brian and Drew because I realized there was no thing on this earth I wanted more than to get a bunch of dudes together to drink beers and watch The Notebook. Guys, welcome to the show. Thanks, Dave. Thanks thanks for having us. Hey, and Brian, you are actually here in person. I'm here in the room. Hey! Hey! And to add a disclaimer, as I just said, yes, this will be a drinking podcast. All right. Yeah. Alcohol will be consumed. So, guys, The Notebook. Have either of you seen it? My God, no. I don't think we'd be here if we had, Dave. Oh, geez, Brian. (laughs) Sorry. I mean. Getting up on my snark. Sorry. Oh, I mean, you know, I haven't seen it. Maybe you've seen it. Sorry, I have not seen it. None of us has seen it. Well, uh, why not, guys? Why haven't you seen The Notebook? (sighs) I mean, honestly, this movie was not on my radar. Had you heard of it? Maybe in passing. I had to ask friends to remind me what the hell was up with this movie. Oh my god, really? Yes. What about you, Bri? I had definitely heard of it, but I can't say that I know anyone who is a fan of it. You know, no, nobody was like talking about it. I, I think the main reason is that my perception of it is that it's like a chick flick. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, uh, I mean, what about your wife? Does she like it? I couldn't tell you. I don't know if she's seen it. What about your mistress? Mm, she does talk about it a lot. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Now that you mention it. Yeah. Get, can we cut that out? Of course. I'll fix it in post. Thanks. He's not going to fix it in post. I never fix anything in post. Oh, is this live? Yeah, it's going out oh, live wow. right now to our millions of followers. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, so I take it then that you guys weren't really particularly interested in this movie? No. Like Brian, I'm not one to typically go out of my way to watch what I perceive as a blatant chick flick. Mm. And in any encounter that I've had in passing of this film, I'm sure... That that was my impression. Oh, this is just a through and through chick flick. Not interested. The only interest I have is in avoiding this. Okay. 
first question what defines a chick flick for you yeah um is it just that there's romance no it's that the romance is told from the perspective of the female as the main character and that the romance is the entire point of Mm -hmm. the of the film it's you know at its at its worst we don't get a well fleshed out female character it's just this you know kind of vapid vehicle for a love story to unfold that's not to say that i am here poo-pooing the entire genre because i've certainly been surprised with chick flicks in the past name one you've liked i knew you would ask me that i'm here racking my brain to uh to think of one that Gotta back it up you teed really- it right up that I really like. I, I teed it right up. What was I doing? You hung yourself on your own petard. What about you, Brian? Uh, no, I... You've never seen a single romantic comedy or romantic drama as this one is categorized that you've enjoyed? Thank you for that clarification. I was going to question whether this was a rom-com or just a rom. It's a rom-drom. Rom-drom, yeah. Um, I'm sure that I have. I, I mean, I... I, I hope that today we can sort of, you know, work past this prejudice that prejudice, we as dudes yeah. might have against this entire genre of film. Wait, so yeah. I do have examples now. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, A Star is Born, the oh. new A Star is Born. Okay. I've watched that several times and enjoyed it thoroughly. You're talking about the new one, right? Yeah, with um, Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, Moulin Rouge, I liked a lot, but I don't. There's something about that movie that sets it apart as I from just chick flick. Both to me. of those kind of transcend the genres, right? That, that we're talking about, yeah. Bry, still nothing. Still nothing. I, I feel like this is this is from a certain era. Um, this was early two thousands, yeah, right? two thousand four. Um, yeah, where more modern. I guess Moulin Rouge was around then too, but um, mm. I I feel like. The more modern um, rom drums are a little bit more rounded. Um, I'm thinking that something that's just coming to my mind is like Moonlight. Um, that is not a rom drum. Is it not? No. Is there another one with Moon Moonstruck or Moon Moonlight? Is the one with... there is a movie called Moonstruck? Yeah. Mo- Moonlight. Moonlight features no uh, female characters in romance, does it? I don't think not in romantic roles no can we cut that out can we absolutely brian all right absolutely um, uh, mark the time thanks okay i'm trying to think for myself like you know at the very beginning when i was describing it like i was very sort of like snarky about discre- you know i was like i don't even want to watch this but the impi- the entire point of this exercise was that i'm trying to watch genres of film that i normally avoid or just don't think to watch, right? Mm-hmm. So let's watch a romantic drama. Yeah. And so have I watched any in the past at all? And I must have, right? But I can't think of any off the top of my head. What's that film from a couple of years ago that's a musical that has Ryan Gosling? La La Land. La La Land. Would that be a... I mean, I guess. Kind of? I mean, okay, romantic comedy, there's like romancing the stone, I guess. That's something I've never seen. It's sort of like uh, the rom-com Indiana Jones. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's okay. 
caught it on a Saturday afternoon once. But yeah, I don't know. Just not a genre I've really explored either. So I guess this is going to be a real uh, real first step for man, giant leap for mankind yeah. going on here. I saw that Jennifer Lopez one that came out last year. What? I forget what that was. It was something where my whole family was going out to see something, and that's what we landed on. Mm, yeah. See, I don't even remember the name of that. She God. did do a lot of those in her career, though, right? Like the wedding planner. Yeah. Wasn't she the wedding planner? She was the wedding planner. Yeah. Or, or wasn't she hitched? No, that was that was uh, Will Smith, right? Well, he was hitch. <laughs> hitch. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're sorry. Did you just confuse Will Smith and Jennifer Lopez? I mean, they were both wedding hitchers of sorts, right? Yeah. Sure. 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 I don't know. All right. Well, all right, so we're going to watch this movie. Um, neither of you have heard very much about it then, so do you have any idea of what its reputation is? No. Okay. I, I know a little bit. I mean, I know that Ryan Gosling is in it. I know that as which, well. Which I, I didn't know until I got into a discussion with some friends of mine last weekend, letting them know I was going into this, and had to let them know, I don't know anything about this. I presume there's a notebook involved, and... They talked very, very uh, vaguely about it, but called it up on uh, Google and I saw a movie poster. So I know that the gauze mm. is in it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, who else do we think is in it? Is Rachel McAdams in this? Yeah. So I know I know the two. That's about the long and short of what I know. about. I didn't this. even know it was Rachel McAdams. Ryan Gosling and Rachel McAdams are the leads. And uh, again, the disclaimer on this is when I haven't seen the film, I write down my predictions and then I do the research that we talk about in part two. So did you know who the lead who the leads were before you did your research? I did. So but those are the only two who I know were in this movie. Okay. Um, But that being said, um, I I was kind of vaguely interested in this film, partially because I like both of those actors a lot. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yep. So that was kind of a draw for this, in my opinion. So I'm kind of interested in this movie just for that reason. Mm-hmm. So I kind of kind of have high hopes. Like you don't you don't feel like the acting could be bad with those two, right? Probably not. This is fairly early on in, in both of their careers, though. Relatively, yeah. So I, you know, knowing what we know now, 15 years later, I'm curious to see where they're at at this point, at mm. that point, you know, yeah. versus our expectations. Sure, sure, sure. Do you guys... So... You started getting into more general predictions, Drew, but do either of you have any idea what this movie is about or have any more specific predictions on what we might see here? Based mostly on genre alone, I would say that these two characters have some kind of a fraught romance. Um, mm-hmm. There's just there's got to be some tension uh, or some force that uh, is beyond their control that doesn't want this to work out. Yep. Um for some reason, I'm going to predict that Ryan Gosling spins Rachel McAdams around in his <laughs> arms while they're on a beach. That's very specific. Uh, yeah. I, I feel like I just have this imagery. If I think about this this film, that's the only thing that comes to mind. I cannot okay. picture a single other thing. So I really hope that plays out. Well, for me, I mean, we, we've mentioned, Drew, you saw the poster. Yeah. I've also seen the poster. And what stands out to me in that, so there's definitely going to have to be a scene where Rachel McAdams jumps into Ryan Gosling's arms when they're in the rain. 
because that's on the poster. Yeah, right. Oh, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Is it there, there could be beach? There could be both of those things in this movie. Mm-hmm. Two separate yeah. wet-haired arm-jumping scenes. Easily could happen. I, I mean, could totally see that. It's Gosling at his finest. <laughs> Anne McAdams at her finest. Yeah. <laughs> wow. A twofer. Guys, what do we think is the deal with this notebook? Yeah, so... I what mean, is the notebook? So, I have a couple of potential predictions here of okay. what the notebook's going to be. Only, only a couple alternatives. So, one is that they're going to that our characters are going to use it to communicate somehow. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um so that that's kind of a baseline uh as a cutting across all, uh, all these predictions. One it the, in the most extreme version it's got some kind of power to it. Kind of like uh um the the phrase I came up with are you familiar with the with death note? I am. Do you remember yes. death note? Yeah. So like like the inverse of the notebook from death note. It's so, a life note. What, it's a note? it's a life note. I mean, it's not that literally, but like you know, it's a it's a it's a it's a notebook where one character can write some romantic thing in it, and the other character then proceeds to fulfill that romantic uh, uh, wish. So, but that so this movie then would be very similar to that other romantic drama, The Lake House. I think it's called. Yeah, Sandra Bullock and uh, Keanu. But that involves time travel as well. Does this one have time travel? You wasn't there a huge spate of romantic movies involving time travel for a while around that book, The Time Traveler's Wife. Yeah, probably. And there's The Time Traveler's Wife. There's The Lake House. There's probably something else like The Time Traveler's House or something. In my defense, I, I'm The Lake House also totally off my radar. Don't even know about that. How dare you, <laughs> Sandra Bullock at her finest. I'm sorry. Um, and Keanu Reeves? Yeah, back uh-huh. together again. After Speed, right? Mm-hmm. We yep. saw them in Speed. We did. We did. Which one's better? I Oof. mean, I'm kind of a fan of Keanu more than Sandra Bullock, but uh, you can take either one. So Lake House is better than Speed. Oh. Um, <laughs> the, the movie is not the, the movie is not, character, the actors. not the actors. I, uh, I wouldn't know. I didn't actually see The Lake House. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, should we watch The Lake House? You want to just blow this up and switch over to the lake house? Let's just watch the lake house. No, wait, wait. I have other predictions about the notebook. Oh, please go on. Okay. So um, it could also be, it may not be something that our characters actively use to communicate with one another while they're in a romance. I have a prediction that Ryan Gosling's character is going to die. Okay. And... The, and but I don't know when in the film he will, and I, I see it being possible that we we learn their of their romance. I have uh, I feel the same as you, Brian. I think it's going to be we're going to have some kind of a force that's keeping them apart. They're from two different worlds. I think this is probably going to be happening in more of a rustic rural setting than mm-hmm. in the yeah, in totally. a city setting. You know, they'll be out in the Beach countryside. I, I'm guessing the south. Beach crabs. Um, oh, actually, uh, let me back this up. Do either of you know? <laughs> do either of you know what the source material for this is? No, is it someone's notebook. <laughs> <laughs> Kinda. It's based off a book. Uh oh. Well, this is going to ruin any of my predictions. No, that's if I know the book. I'm not telling you anything more. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, the book is called the Notebook. Oh, all right. Yeah, then no. Okay. I don't know. Um. But, but the, the go on, if if we get Ryan Gosling dying sometime earlier in the plot, then perhaps the notebook was uh, a place where they were 
you know, storing sweet nothings and other love mementos and messages to one another. And whenever she reads it, he comes back to life for her. Yeah, like the inverse of a death note. Literally. Oh my God, it's brilliant. Mm-hmm. It's greenlit. Make that movie. Okay. Yeah, we're making that. If they if they miss their opportunity here, then uh, we'll pick that right back up, folks. We'll call it the journal. But here's the problem. Once she finishes the notebook, then he's gone forever. Right. Because when she reads the notebook, he comes back, and she, he's there for as long as she's reading it, but she can't read it twice. It doesn't. It only works once. So once she reaches the end. Just like life. Oh, my God. Wow. You wow. can only go forward and... When it's done, it's done. You got to pace yourself in that reading. You know, if it's only 20 pages long, you figure I got 40 years left of my life. I got to read one every two years. Man, that, that's that's hard. That's then you only get the gauze for one like word at a time. Every word of gauze is worth it. Oh, my God. Oh, word of God. <laughs> word of God. <laughs> word of gauze. Um, yeah, uh, I guess I have a couple of other predictions. Keep going. I can keep, keep it rolling. Um, so... Regarding the gauze, I think we're going to see classic gauze, hot, um, a subtle hot. You know, he's not going to speak that much, and uh, he's not going to say things like, hey, girl, hey, or I'm hollering at you, I'm hollering at you, or any of the things we see in the memes. Okay. They're funny because he would never say that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and uh, so I think we're going to have a couple sex scenes in this, but they will be non-graphic sex scenes. They'll be tasteful. They'll be tasteful. I don't even know if it's going to go as far as a tasteful side boob, but I think that's maybe the most we might see mm -hmm. uh, in terms of graphically. And there will be probably two such scenes. Max is my prediction there. Okay. Um, I think it's going to fail the Bechdel test. Interesting. And um, as far as diversity, I'm expecting that there either will be no black character or if there is a black character, it's going to be a female character who coaches our... Some kind of best friend supportive Some kind character. of a supportive character. Again, doesn't doesn't pass the Bechdel test. So she's going to be Only coaching about her about, about her relationship with Ryan Gosling. Mm, okay. Not with the character that Ryan Gosling plays. I'm just, I'm just kidding. I, just to round out the characters from two different worlds, one... We could see Ryan Gosling as like a farmhand or some lower class person while she's, you know, the daughter of some um, wealthy family out in the countryside. Classic. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I'm expecting. That's I think that rounds it rounds it out. Yeah, right on. B. Rye. Man, Drew, you just blew it out of the water for a movie that you have no idea about. I got so the gears turning, man. You just came up with a lot of BS. I like it. <laughs> I love it. You you hit on. I mean, Drew has it pretty well covered. I I imagine that the Notebook has to be some kind of bridge between these two. My best guess is that they use it to secretly communicate because they're barred from, uh, you know, hanging out face to face. Mm -hmm. um so they they communicate through um the notebook i like all the uh, otherworldly uh predictions i hope some of those come so true. so we're all uh, so we're all kind of thinking there might be some kind of supernatural time travel or no there will be a supernatural angle maybe potentially i, I mean i hope that there is but i don't actually think there's my, none no. of my predictions okay. mean to is... to say that there's an actual supernatural element right, i mean right. to say if if it's if it's happening after he dies 
yes, reading the notebook brings him back, but you know, in Maybe a way that in memory, in memory, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I hadn't even considered the Bechdel test, but that's you're probably right, which is a little ironic considering this is a movie for women. It's a movie for women, but it's also um, tied, you know, surrounding this romance. So it also yeah. sort of makes sense that they're going to be, you know talking about Ryan Gosling a lot. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's that's basically it for me. Well, I got a couple to add. I also felt that The Notebook would be the way that they bridge some kind of gap or somehow the key to bringing them together. Mm-hmm. But um, one thing, one critical thing that I think you have both neglected to mention, uh, it is an absolute staple of the romantic drama, there's going to be a Baxter. I'm sorry? There's going to be... Ryan Gosling is going to be the guy she truly loves, but oh. society says she can't really have. Oh, there's but there'll be, be a Chad. There's going to be a Chad, right. <laughs> a Baxter? Yeah, well, there. Were, uh, Michael Showalter made that like comedy called The Baxter, which is... Uh, it was a movie where he played that guy, and it was... A romantic comedy but from his perspective where he was the safe vanilla boring dude mm-hmm. who no one actually wanted the girl to get with mm-hmm. and it was like what's it like from his perspective and That's it was nice called the reversal yeah and so he coined the term he calls that guy that like role the baxter huh. and so there's gonna be a baxter see when you say baxter the only thing i can think of is either baxter stockman the mad scientist from the ninja turtles well wow. Uh, or Baxter from the Meow Mix commercials, that cat. <laughs> it's when Baxter. I, He's the I one hear... who sings the Meow 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 song. Really? Yeah. When I hear Baxter, I think of um, Ron Burgundy's dog. Baxter! 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 <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, well, um, a few wrap-up questions before we get around to actually watching the movie. Any idea who directed the film? negative nope we already alluded to a few but any other specific shots or scenes we think we'll see okay i already mentioned the one where i think we'll get the movie poster thing where she jumps into his arms and then any quotes i couldn't begin to predict a quote here okay write it in the notebook (laughs) i have uh it's both a quote and sort of a clip from a scene i do have one because it's from a viral youtube video that i've seen so it is I so I know this is going to happen in the movie because I'm almost certain it's from the notebook because it's Ryan Gosling talking to Rachel McAdams. And what it is, is Ryan Gosling is speaking to Rachel McAdams and he goes, what he's saying is. What do you want? Oh, yeah. What do you want? It's not that simple. What do you want? I don't know. And what ah. makes it hilarious is that the caption for the video is. Every time I ask my girlfriend what she wants to eat. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that was from this movie, but it's so seen true. That a lot. <laughs> yeah, so I'm pretty sure we'll see that. And they must be talking about whether she wants to be with him or with the Baxter character, right? It's like, are you gonna settle and go with Chad McChaddington the third? Or are you gonna be with me, the sexy bad boy? It's not that simple. It's not just about what you and me. What do you want? <laughs> And uh, other than that, I think that's all I've got. Um, I am guessing that there will be a happy ending. Could be. Brian, you look not so sure. You know, this could be one of those romances that just hits you hard in the end Mm. where you you want it to work out, but 
at the in the end it doesn't and you just cry your eyes out Mm -hmm. oh i hope not that this is this is one how many of us will cry during this movie oh god well okay i think it's been established in other podcasts that it's relatively easy to get me to cry at a movie but um I don't know if it like that's in certain specific circumstances and I don't know how applicable that is to a romantic movie because I haven't seen too many of them. Like I usually cry more at, um, well, just other stuff, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> you know, animals being right. Harmed. Yeah. Animal stuff really gets to me. I'm yeah. not really mm-hmm. expecting a lot of that in here, so, but you know. <laughs> it'd be a really different movie from what i'm expecting if there is ryan gosling beats a horse at one point no one talks about this scene i don't know <laughs> it was really unpopular they cut it out of the dvd release um i'm curious how the addition of alcohol to this podcast like will it will it bring our guards down so we'll be more susceptible to cry or i really we, hope so will mm-hmm. we grow up even more yeah that's right put the armor on i ain't no pussy you heard <laughs> I think we're old enough and, and secure enough that we'll all break down in a hug, cry, I mean, puddle. the gauze kind of has that effect too, right? I mean, you can be the broiest bro there is, but the gauze with his uh, charm, he puts on that charm. and Nobody's stronger than those baby blues. Mm-mm. Oh, God, he's like a surgeon, an emotional <laughs> surgeon. Well, Straight guys, to the heart. unless we have any more predictions, I think it's time for us to find out. You ready to watch the notebook? Let's do this thing. Oh yeah. What do you want? I don't, I don't know. This is the part where we're watching the movie. And now it's done. And so that was the notebook. Alright. Wow, you guys. Wow, big wow. Okay, so. <laughs> I think it bears mentioning that um, part of the reason why I don't normally watch romantic films is because, and maybe this is a prejudice of mine, but I think this movie kind of bears it out. Those movies do have a tendency to be boring. Like this one. (laughs) Did you guys find it boring? No, not entirely. It was too long, though. It was long. It was definitely too long. But no, there are, there are actually quite a few parts of this movie I quite liked. Same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, there, there were boring parts. There are, de- oh, there are also a lot of boring For parts. For sure. Yeah. Could've like the beginning. Quite t- mm-hmm. tight 90. Yeah, this movie could have been a tight 90. And instead, it's a flabby two. Two and change. Solid two. Yeah. But no, I actually did like it. I, I, I want to be clear, but um, it's flabby. Flabby as fuck. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, um, let's uh, let's run through a few things. So, as far as background, you guys may have noticed during the interminable intro sequence of a man rowing on a lake that uh, this movie is based off a book written by Nicholas Sparks. Who is that, Dave? You don't know Nicholas Sparks, brah? No, I feel like I should, but I don't. Mm-mm. You neither, Drew? Never heard of him. Oh, my God, you guys. You are missing out. Nicholas Sparks is an author who writes all of the books that ultimately get turned into the romantic movies like this. Okay. So like uh god what else did he write? Like A Walk to Remember, A Movie to Forget. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Knights and Rodanthe, I think he wrote. 
Okay. L- like, but all those movies, they're like they're a, in the same vein. And, this and is and a, jam. Uh, yeah, and I think his deal is that like they're usually set in the south, and they're really like you know syrupy romantic. Mm-hmm. You know, a Nicholas Sparks story. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't know that was a thing, but makes yeah, sense. no, it's totally a thing. This is that thing. Yeah, you you've seen what that's all about. I think mm-hmm. having seen this, and so um, <laughs> that's all I have for background on this. See, normally I'll do like a bare minimum of research on a movie. You know, like I'll surf the Wikipedia page. Maybe I'll do some like you know follow up click throughs, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. If it's a you know big important movie, maybe I'll actually like then do some actual research, read some articles, maybe reference a book here or there. With this one, I felt like maybe I could do less than normal. Mm. So I have a little less than normal. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But anyway, it's uh, directed by Nick Cassavetes. Do you know him? There's another Cassavetes, right? Yeah, there's uh, John Cassavetes. Okay, yeah. He makes good movies? He does. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No relation. He's um he's actually though um he's the son of John Cassavetes and Gina Rowlands who plays Old Alley. Oh. So he was directing his mom in this movie. He was also Nick Cassavetes is also Oh, wait, wait. Nick Cassavetes I know I keep mispronouncing. Uh, I mentioned that we'd be drinking during the course of this one. <laughs> it shows. <laughs> Thank you. Um he directed one of your favorite films, Brian. What's that? Alpha Dog. I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't you love Alpha Dog? I no. thought it was like your favorite movie. I've seen it once. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Do I seem like an Alpha Dog to you, dog? No, I just, I remember you owned the DVD. So. Oh, yeah. I think that was a, someone gave that to me. I have no idea why. I felt like there's no reason why you would own the Alpha Dog CD, uh, DVD unless you were really into it. No. I think, I think our old roommate Travis gave that to me, actually. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, and he also, um, he directed, does anyone remember that movie John Q with Denzel Washington? Yeah. He directed that. Is it the bank wow. robbery one? No, it's like, uh, I think it's like. Oh, a hos- the hospital. It's a hospital, hospital hostage situation yeah. and it's yeah. because insurance is unfair. Treat my wife. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. But um, he was also an actor and he was in Face Off. Who he- does he play in Face Off? So you remember Gina Gershon's in that. Uh, she plays. Nicholas Cage's characters on again off again gangster girlfriend. Okay. Nick Cassavetes plays Gina Gershon's brother who's also a member of uh Caster Troy aka Nicholas Cage's gang. Okay. I I that's uh, it's too loose a connection so far, for me to, to reach. Yeah. I liked Face Off. Okay. What I like Face Off too. <laughs> I was going for it to see if, you know, Right. It'd be something I'd remember, but no. Well, anyway, so that's Nick Cassavetes for you. What did we think of the directing in this movie? Oh, man. I mean, yeah. Make it a, a lean He can 90, use a firmer hand. Like tight 90. Yeah. Right? I that, mean, I don't know. 100%. So many long, drawn out, boring scenes. Unnecessary subplots, yeah. maybe. No. A couple. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but there was a, there was some good with the bad okay you know like um the big romantic boat scene was beautifully shot 
That's but true. That was the best scene, the best shot in the, the film. It was yeah. several gorgeous shots. Yeah. That's why they had to make the whole intro dedicated to that, uh, to a foreshadowing of that boating. Yeah, and the birds. Yeah, boating well, and the birds. That's why they cast Ryan Gosling. Right. Only the only way they could get those birds in that shot was if telling them that a Gosling would be on they the They wouldn't do it yeah. unless he did it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, a lot of ducks and at least one swan. I saw a swan. Several swans. That was a get. They got the, they got the swan to do it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it was, it was very pretty, I guess, in a lot of the parts. Yeah, there was some. You know, I like the the romantic scenes and things got nice and steamy during their big romantic love scenes. Is all pretty effective, I guess. But yeah, not a not a lot of discipline in terms of keeping that plot moving along at a tight clip. Oh no, yeah, not at all. So, yeah, whatever. Cast, though, I think mostly positive reviews from me. So, we got Ryan Gosling as Noah. Mm-hmm. Pretty good job, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Do we think he was steamy, sexy, sensual? Did those baby blues seduce you, Drew? You know... Is he? Does he have blue eyes? I never notice people's eye color. I don't know if he did I, have I blue eyes. I threw that out at, uh, in the pre, but I don't think he actually does. Have no, blue I eyes. think he's got brown or hazel eyes. Mm-hmm. The uh, look, I had this prediction that he wasn't going to come on strong as this like "Hey girl, hey" type. Oh, but that he, is exactly what he did. That's exactly what he did. Uh, so I don't know. I felt like I was a little uncomfortable at his approach. Same. We'll we'll circle back to that. Okay. Yeah, I mean, catchphrase of the pod. No, honestly, I feel like uh, I was surprised. He, he, I thought he would be going for the subtle kind of uh, charm, and I, I didn't. I didn't. I feel like he's more of a dreamboat style in his other films than in this one. He just he lets it hang out a little bit in other films where he doesn't try as hard. Yeah, he's got that more unique yeah. Ryan Gosling-specific like sexy energy burns. later. Yeah. To- well, he, he changes a lot uh, over the course of this film, I think. He hmm. does, but I, I, I don't know if he gets to that point no. in the evolution of any he, of his he, character. He doesn't get to that point where he where he is in other films, where he's just con- he, he's confident in other yeah. films. He's never really confident. He goes from juvenile to brokenhearted to a wreck basically um right and then like a reformed wreck <laughs> yep. um yeah <laughs> but i think he did a good job of making that transformation um sure because he played very well to a seven as a 17 year old to me at first be you know being that like brash aggressive kind of kind of guy um yep and then he does kind of fall apart and I think you can see kind of like the beginnings of that Ryan Gosling specific sexiness, you know, even if it's still raw. Sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe not. Never mind. Well, I, is it a good thing or a, it's it's not a I good thing good. if he's like, uh, if he typifies this like sexiness in every role is that that doesn't make him he a good actor. He doesn't do that in every role. He just does it in roles where he's being seductive. Like, I don't think he does that in First Man. Mm, haven't seen it. Well, he's playing Neil Armstrong in that. I don't think he does that. Yeah. There's nobody to, to seduce in space. <laughs> we hope. Um, 
Sounds yeah. like it should be on a movie poster. Yeah, to be honest, I haven't seen First Man either. I'm just assuming. Oh, so you don't know. I don't know. No, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's move on to Rachel McAdams. I thought she carried the movie. Yeah, it's really her story. That's true. And um, I love Rachel McAdams. I even like the much maligned second season of True Detective because I think she's good in that. I would agree with you on that one. Thank you. Yeah, oh I haven't my God. actually gotten into that yet. Oh, well, fuck you then. <laughs> No, but she's. I think she's super good in this. Yeah, same. Best best actor on the set, probably. What do we think of their chemistry? Um, mm-hmm. was it steamy? Was it sexy? Was it sensual? Got it. In parts, it? in parts. It, yeah, I mean, it's it's funny because it only most of the movie is not them. You know, like that they only sort of have that one on one chemistry for the first act um but it's explosive yeah well okay so they're together in the first act they're separated for most of the second act and then the third act they get back together yeah but that second act is pretty long yes they're Mm -hmm. separated for a lot of the movie Mm -hmm. right yeah could have been less time (laughs) could have cut cut some of that second act down (laughs) pretty sleepy there Yeah, that part where the tumbleweed is going through the. <laughs> yeah, we didn't need the whole thing with the war widow. Yeah, but no. um, Rachel McAdams, we all agree, was pretty great. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, she did a good job. We we love Rachel McAdams. Cool. James Garner, old Noah. Old Noah, yeah, he breaks my heart, man. Yeah, he's he's good. Yeah, you know when he's like breaking down crying seeing when uh, yeah. she doesn't recognize him that, that's, that's a great, great performance yeah, yeah. Okay. i was worried the movie was going to end on that mm. me too and i was mm-hmm. like is this going to be like the ultimate heartbreak ending it could have been the end yeah yeah fortunately it didn't go that direction and it had a more bittersweet ending instead of just bitter that was right. that was like the the beginning of the end of the end you know what i mean like yeah that that it could have gone there but it went a little farther but yeah that was the the point in the movie at which i was like Wrap getting it up, a little, buddy. Yeah. Well, no, I was I was getting a little verklempt. Oh, yeah. Oh, all right. You know, cool. that, I, I felt like. Well, we can. We'll get to that later. We'll get back to that. Oh yeah. How um, many? Uh, how many of us cried? Huh? We'll find out. Yeah. We'll find out. Um. So Gina Rowlands, Nick Cass, Nick Cass, mom. She was pretty good. She's the mom. She's the old Allie in the old nursing home. What did we think of her? heartbreaking i mean she's mostly not there yeah didn't um, have much to work with her oh, yeah she's there for that heartbreaking five minutes when she does remember him before that, losing it again that was pretty touching mm-hmm. i will say yeah she i think she did a good job of flipping flipping to there and then back yeah um yeah she she did a good job for the limited amount that she could work with right on and then uh just quickly uh we got joan allen as uh annie's Tywin Lannister-esque mother. Love to hate her. Yeah. Great performance and good, twisted, sinister character. Yeah, I who, also... Who had the comeuppance, though? I mean, or at least, like, the redeeming... Yeah, I liked I liked her whole little monologue at the end about, like, her kind of own secret heartbreak informing her motivations. That was pretty, pretty well done. I like Joan Allen. Um, James Marsden as Lon Hammonds Jr., aka baxter the baxter the baxter there was a baxter all right and it was lawn 
like he's like the archetype of the Baxter. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, guys, like he was way better for her than oh, Ryan yeah. Gosling. I'm I totally mean, with Joan he's Allen. Perfect. On he's there. There's nothing wrong with him. I feel like in a Baxter, a that's lot always of the, time, the tragedy of the Baxter. Well, but sometimes they're like. Evil. They're full of themselves. Yeah, they're there's assholes. There's, they're like they're perfect, yeah. but secretly they're not. He was right, always yeah, like, okay. he was always like, I want you to be, you know, you. I want you to be creative. Blah blah blah. He well, wasn't well, a that's bad what makes guy. him even like more amazing. You know. Yeah. Yeah. It it was actually stronger. They went in that direction of him just being a great option. And also, James, yeah, it's it makes the it role a tougher J- choice, right? For her. It's the role James Marsden was born to play. Have you noticed this? So like he's Cyclops in the X Men movies. Yes, right. He's the other guy in Superman Returns, the not Superman. Yep. Like he is always and and by the way, in all well, Cyclops kind of sorta, but in Superman certainly, he's always genuinely just a good dude. He's mm-hmm. just not exciting. Right. right. Oh man, poor James Marsden. Well, well, I mean, I guess he's doing okay with Westworld. So sexy, so not exciting. Even in Westworld. <laughs> He's a Baxter in Westworld, sort of. <laughs> anyway, uh, and I also want to just mention that Sam Shepard's in this movie, which is pretty dope. That's right. I like that guy. Mm-hmm. Everybody who, likes Sam Shepard. So, who was Sam Shepard? Sorry. Oh, uh, well, he's um, he's Noah's dad, Ryan Gosling's dad. Oh, okay, yeah. In the movie, yeah. He's and good. he's a, an actor and a playwright. He's written some cool shit. Cool shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... You know, including a, a play that I did in college called Icarus's Mother, and it was terrible. Not the play, our performance. Oh, <laughs> oh okay. <laughs> I was um, I was really sick with the flu when we finally went into the run of it, and I took so much cold medication in order to be able to perform that I actually sort of like zoned out mid performance oh, no. wow. at one point and and like came back to my scent senses on like stage. on stage just being like what's happening where are we in the play have i missed a cue what's you know like yeah wow. it's crazy fortunately it had only been a second but like yeah it was a really terrifying crazy moment yeah so uh yeah sam shepherd anyway let's talk about the notebook <laughs> the movie opens with this really long scene of a dude rowing a boat so long my god yeah so that's where i started getting really worried and had that observation that yeah sometimes these movies are kind of boring yeah this is where we were like Having why do we mistake? not why do we not watch chick flicks this is why yeah. this and it was immediately at the very beginning this is why this yeah and you're just like, oh, it's just like the stately cinematography and the like very mid-level music. Oh boy, yeah, yeah, just ooh. And so then we get into our framing story, which is that we have an elderly lady who has Alzheimer's or you know elderly dementia. She doesn't remember anything. And um, we get Drew. You were talking about how there wouldn't be any minority or particularly black characters in this film. There are several, but as you said, to kind of cover your bases, if there are any, they would be in my. You know, you described a specific minor role. But yeah. Generally speaking, I think you assume they would be in minor roles. It's even more minor than what you anticipated. Yeah, they are servants. Not even a best friend. No, they're all nurses and orderlies. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um. But she, uh, you know, I th- I think that character, the nurse, 
in the hospital is one of the more major non-leads, right? Sure, it could be argued that. I mean, she she's got lines and a part to play that's not insignificant Does she ever from get a early name? on. Mm, I don't think so. I don't recall one, but I don't know if I would call her major. I mean, all she really does is like calm down old Allie. Well, she's in multiple scenes. She is, but she doesn't have any personality or like yeah, I guess. anything onto herself. Yeah. Well, anyway, we get a short framing story where old Noah is reading The Notebook, which is Allie's. Uh, it's Allie wrote it, right? Yeah, I think that's. We're all agreed. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Allie's writing down of the story of their romance, and he, mm-hmm. Noah, old Noah is reading it to old Allie because this is how he gets her to kind of overcome her dementia and remember, if only briefly, which is a, a beautiful conceit. But anyway, so he starts reading it to her, and we get sent back in time to the 1940s. And 1940, the, 1940, 1940, yeah, yes, the very did. beginning of those 40s. And they meet at a carnival. And so this is where we get our first instance of, wow, courtship has changed. Yeah. Has it, though? Well, okay. Yes. I mean, if someone did what our noah character did today Uh, all right so also it's like has it changed from 2004 when this movie is made or the interpretation of what it was like in the 1940s Mm. when it supposedly takes place yeah those are two very different questions i don't know and also there's like the 90s when the book was written i'm assuming or the 80s whenever the notebook got written right i think it's changed from the time of the source material until now but not from the 1940s until the year 2000. Well, either way, Noah's style in uh, asking Allie out for the very first time is, I mean, I feel like until very recently, this was considered normal, which is that the idea is that like, it's his persistence that's charming. Right. Right. And it's how creatively he keeps not taking no for an answer that makes him such a like interesting perspective love interest for her whereas now would not fly right it's all like you know the the focus would be much more on her the fact that she keeps saying no rather insistently in yeah. fact she's like They're i am very not interested directly. in you yeah get fucked off he says why she says because i don't want to it's like yeah, that's no not way. good enough yeah yeah but you know long story short it works and mm-hmm. uh he th- <laughs> It works when he threatens to kill himself if she won't go on a yeah, date with him. Yeah, it's a little dark right at the beginning. Pretty what heavy. Dude, it's pretty heavy-handed. That's underhanded and heavy-handed. It's not only that, too. It's like, so he's so she's on a Ferris wheel. He jumps on the Ferris wheel to join her, and uh, the Ferris wheel gets stopped by uh, Charlie Day, who's one of the <laughs> Carnies. Uh, I'm sorry, Carnival Workers. I don't think uh, Carnies is a good term that you're no, supposed to use anymore. Slur, yeah. Right, okay. Uh, one of the Carnival Workers, played by Charlie Day, clearly, because that's how, what the voice certainly sounded like. Um, it stops hey the Ferris- you, hey you, stop hanging off that thing up there. <laughs> hey! That's not a great Charlie Day okay, impression. Yeah. Sorry. Can, we, can you take that out in post? I will absolutely take that out, out in post. post. <laughs> um, and he just, you know, she's like, get away from me. And he's like, fine. And then he starts hanging off of it. And he's like, oh, no, I'm slipping and I'll fall unless you go out with me. He lets one hand go first. And then she says, yes. Well, before she says yes, people are screaming. at Yeah, her everyone so. else on the first wheel is like, just say yes, you bitch. 
Like, go out with him. (laughs) She's like, fine. Can't you see he's a nice guy? Why won't you give him a chance? Don't make him kill himself. Jeez. It would be your fault if he died. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, The implication. Yeah. But so they go out. They go see uh, see Lil Abner or some 1940s movie. It was Lil Abner. No. And then they go for a walk. And we discover that her life is very rigid and uh, regimented. Regimented, means, yeah. So. Mm-hmm. She's got quite the schedule. With that schedule, dude! Holy shit! <laughs> and he convinces her to broaden her horizons a little bit, lay down in the road. This mm-hmm. was a weird move, but it, you know what? It worked. They almost got run over. I see. Th- that's the thing. How is it possible to almost get run over? In the middle of the night in the 1940s, are there even that many cars? And they're and so loud. They All going? it took was yeah. one car. That was just enough. That was enough to get her heart going, make her feel something. Oh, it's true. Mm, part feel- of his plan the whole time. Yeah, yeah, just get her, you know, like revved up, if blood a, pumping. If the car around. hadn't come and almost run them over, the the, the movie would have been over. Because she wouldn't have associated him yeah, with like, excitement. You're, you're crazy. Nothing happened. Good, goodbye. Mm-hmm. Right, I have right. piano lessons in the morning. Yeah. There is a nice line during this when um, they're dancing in the road and he's just providing some acapella music for it. She says, um, you're a terrible singer, but I like this song. It's kind of like, yeah. oh, that's romantic. Oh, don't don't sleep on the, uh, or did you say, what happens if a car comes? We die. We die. Yeah, it's also a good line. <laughs> I feel like it's not even that good a line, but that he delivers it very His well. Delivery is perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So you know, so they're starting to develop a relationship. You know, it's going okay. And I think this is a good point to point out that she looks amazing in all the outfits they get her up in in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yep, the 1940s garb works for her quite well. I don't even know if that is really what 1940s garb is. Some of it seemed a little exaggerated. So showing a little more skin than yeah, maybe the forties yeah. would have done. Mm-hmm. Her friend too. Because that's a whole other discussion. I know what. Yeah, harlot. when they were at the carnival, what they were wearing seemed a little more revealing than, especially that Jezebel of a friend of hers. She was she wearing pants? I don't know. And it also so. exposed a scandalous amount of midriff. Yeah. But what I, I, honestly, I don't even know. I mean, I think that the 1950s are very, uh, like a very conservative, you know, time in terms of that. But I don't know anything about 1940 on the dot. You know, uh, what, I mean, I, I guess, guess that's true. But like, I've seen black and white footage of like people waving trains of GIs off to war, and like no one's dressed that scantily. Well, that was 41. Oh, that's right. Good point. Good point. Hmm. So right after this date, we get our first montage of them in the first blushes of love, and damn, she love him. We we get our that first went uh, off like a firecracker. My God, mm-hmm. we get our first arm jump, and I tried to keep a running tally of how many there were in this movie. Mm-hmm. Well, I, he had been away for a, a little bit, right? No, not yet. This okay. is just like still oh, the, the same first summer. Arm jump. This is like smash cut too. After that night. Yeah, young love montage. Head over heels, yeah. Right. Um, And just like, oh man, she is super into him. That's cute. Sizzling chemistry, you guys? Sure. Sizzling. (laughs) (laughs) 
but he also he sort of like i know the idea is that you know she's very conservative because of her upbringing and he helps her break boundaries but he continues with that controlling thing where uh she's afraid to take the swing into the lake and he's just screaming at her get in the water get in the water water. her friend do it get in the water he's like i'm sorry could you please just get in the water oh my god you're right i should do this he's getting her to push her boundaries of comfortableness yes comfort thank you that's the word for that (laughs) yeah yeah no no that's why he's good for her yeah yeah exactly so they're in love things are going great it's probably about time to run into our first obstacle and so she gets dropped off at home and we meet her dad guys what did we think of Allie's dad i, I think we laughed out loud for I mean, the costume design seconds yeah he dude that mustache he looks like mussolini and he sounds like i i, I don't even know like ray gillette from archer that boa <laughs> that boa Allie, what were you doing with that boy out there? <laughs> really white, like white pants, cotton pants, like velvet <laughs> smoking jacket. <laughs> yeah, pocket watch. Oh yeah. my god, that that stash, dude! It's uh, absolutely amazing. So he's all like, "I would be so very pleased if he could come over for dinner tomorrow." And uh, Noah comes over to meet the family, and we get our first scene of him meeting all of her extended relations brian you had a good observation about this scene yeah so it's a you know it's a garden party um late afternoon type of thing and literally everyone is wearing white or uh you know cream some light color and he is wearing a black black shirt he's literally like the black sheep at the table he sticks out (laughs) like a sore thumb it's it's a little on the nose but uh no it's good directing okay (laughs) um i mean i i I wouldn't have noticed that probably i mean it's Mm. it's like that thing that red letter media says where you didn't notice but your brain did Uh uh-huh yeah yeah that probably would have happened to me if you hadn't pointed it out yeah but so good 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 work nice job They're at this garden party, too, and uh, immediately one of her relatives just in front of everybody just straight up asks Ryan Gosling, hey, how much money do you make? Who does that? Who the And who answers a question like that? Yeah, you gotta just be like, oh, that's between me and my God, buddy. Yeah, I guess. I mean, you know, I, I guess Ryan Gosling is going for one of those, like, yeah, I am a working man and I don't make a lot of money, but I'm proud of what i make and you know how hard i work to get it and it might not be much but you know it's mine and i'm proud of it kind of thing or he just doesn't know to not answer a question when asked you know he doesn't know how to defer like that yeah well yeah i'll just be honest you're probably not educated certainly not in the higher end social graces of her world right you were right Drew. that this was definitely a uh she's rich he's poor scenario Mm mm-hmm rich girl rich girl in the pool boy yeah they, i mean they specifically said he was uh she was a city girl and he's trash and he's trash 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 trash, trash. trash. um 
the moment he says he makes 40 cents an hour, which, by the way, in 1940s money is like $150,000 a year, I think. That's, yeah, that's right. 40 yeah. cents an hour. Given inflation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That doesn't sound right. I'm pretty sure that's exactly right. We're going to do this math. <laughs> no, it's like upper middle class. Yeah. I think it's even it's rich. It's no 150000 um, well, anyway, so the second he says what he makes, all of her relatives immediately turn to each other and are like, oh my, god, oh my god, what a piece of shit. And they're like, trash, 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 trash. <laughs> yeah. trash, trash, trash. And so, and Allie's mother immediately sets about doing her work and is all like, oh, well, no, it's so wonderful to meet you. You do know that Allie is going away forever in a few months. To Sarah Lawrence. To Sarah Lawrence. Which is in New York. And it's a- in New York City. It's not here. <laughs> And of course, you can't afford to go with her. <laughs> so, uh, there's the door. And of course, then Allie's dad, you know, once the horse is out of the bar, is like, Darling, if you are through spreading your poison, I'm sure Noah would like to talk about something else. Right. <laughs> this was the first moment that I realized that it was her, that it was her mom. Mm. You know, seeing her dad, I Instead was like, dad, oh yeah. boy, that's mm-hmm. gonna be, that's gonna be the tough one. But it's actually her mom. Her dad is like... A little bit more supportive. Well, she's his little girl. Mom is like that boy's trash. Like immediately. Well, and I think (laughs) it's good that we got that kind of subplot about why later on, Hmm. where she brings her by her past, and we'll get to that in a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. We will, but yeah. No, the mom is excited to talk about it. Oh, sorry. Um, so I'm going to get a beer. He's, continue amongst yourself. All right. So she's going to Sarah Lawrence. He didn't know, but... Um... <laughs> They're still having a romantic evening. So Ryan Gosling decides that to continue their romantic evening, he's going to take Rachel McAdams to the house from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> Basically. Right, it's totally pitch black there. In the middle of the night is this rundown, decrepit old mansion, and he brings her inside, and he's like, "This is the house I want to buy one day, and I'm gonna fix it up." And uh, you know, he tells her his dreams, and she's all about it, and she loves him. And we get the beginning of what we thought was gonna be our first tasteful sex scene of the movie. Mm-hmm. Now, guys. What did we think of this? Because uh, I think it was you, Brian, had a question about how this went a little bit. Yeah, it it occurred to me in this moment, and this isn't the first time that I've seen this style of sex scene, but like, has anyone actually done this where two people stand eight to 12 feet apart and then just disrobe in front of each other. Kind of alternating articles of yeah, clothing. like, you do your shirt. Now you do your shirt. Now, like... No. No. No one actually does that, right? I don't think so. I mean, unless they're, co- like, consciously copying what they've seen in movies, right? What, Little Abner? <laughs> <laughs> That's why it was such a romantic date. <laughs> yeah. No, but like, yeah, I, I guess I can't imagine it going that way in real life. It just no. seems like the most awkward option. Like you have never, you've never seen each other naked. Let's just like, we just know instinctually to stand twelve feet apart so that we can observe each other stripping. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What was the forties? Yeah, it didn't seem like it was that unrealistic that it might not happen, but 
you're right. Who does that naturally? I don't know. It's a little weird. But yeah, I guess there's a certain romance to it where it's like, you know, we're, we're very slowly like getting each other used to like a progressive level of nudity mm-hmm. and vulnerability and exposure with each other. Yep. I don't know. I, I mean, I know I, I see why they do it in movies. Right. Right. It helps cinematically. Build the, it, it helps build the tension absolutely. of the sex scene. Yeah. yeah. You because know. you can you can toggle back and forth between them looking at each other and yeah, progressively yeah, yeah. sort of And maybe that would be, you know, hot in the moment too. I just yeah, I've never done it that way. If only the director had used more vehicles like this to keep it moving. You know, <laughs> to keep it moving. <laughs> All right. You are so mad about how long this movie was. <laughs> you know, the strip poker through the romantic disrobing part it was efficient. You know, it moved us right along. All right, so she gets nervous and kind of ruins the moment by talking too much. But then he says the absolute right thing. I love you. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. Just at the perfect moment. Yep. And then he says the also rightest thing he could have said, which is that we don't have to do this if you don't want to. Smooth operator. Well done. He's just the best. Um, Do you think this is his his first time? Well, it's clearly clearly hers. But he's like, he's got the moves a little bit. He set up the candles. He put down the blanket. He seems to insist that he's not this way with all the girls. So I don't. I know. I don't know. Kind of insinuating that there are other girls at the same time. I mean, maybe he's taken other girls out, but has he slept with any other girls? How old is he? Because it's in this scene that we finally get it explicitly established that she's only 17 years old when mm. these scenes are unfolding, which is holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> because basically the entirety of her life and its path is established by something that happened during the summer when she's 17. But we'll get back to that. But how old is he? Well, is he also 17? I think at one point when he's talking to his uh, to her mother, he says that after the summer he'll go to um charleston um yeah so i think <laughs> the implication there is that this is his first this will be his first fall after school okay or something so 18 is it 18 mm. yeah like all i right, think they both just i think they both just graduated from high school okay or something all right well anyway so uh they find out so um Ryan, uh, Noah's friend is E from Entourage, and he comes barging into the uh, decrepit mansion. Is all like, yo, her parents called the cops. Go take her home. And she goes back to the house, and this is where we get uh, Joan Allen saying that Ryan Gosling is trash. Trash, 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 trash. Holy shit. And he can hear all of it. To be fair, though, yeah. Rachel McAdams gets in some pretty good licks of her own when she talks about how loveless and joyless and sexless her parents met. You never is. touch each other. You, you never don't, look at each other. You don't know anything about love. And, okay, Spoken yes. Spoken like a 17-year-old. Exactly. It's totally brutal, but also it's just like, you are 17 years old and what the fuck do you know about anything? Right. It's so funny how, as I've gotten older, my... Uh, empathy and loyalties and perspective have shifted from like the young heroes to the older like oppressive people in the movies where i'm like they're right actually (laughs) yeah they've been around yeah Yeah. you should listen to tywin lannister they know they know joan allen only has your best interest at heart um 
so anyway, they have their first fight, and it is a real roller coaster affair of ups and downs and zigs and zags, isn't it? A lot of violence. Yeah, smacking and he smacks himself. Yeah, yeah, no. Again, as with the threatening to kill himself earlier, total incel move. A bit. Yeah. Love me, you're all hurt myself. I think he's just he's just accepting her rage and being like, yeah. Bring it on. Yeah, I know. This is what you want. Okay. I know. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they 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 kind of, sort of, maybe break up, sort of. But then it's taken out of their hands because she wakes up the next morning and her mom's like, yo, while you were asleep, I had the army of people who work for us pack up the entire plantation manor house we live in and we're moving now. Get your stuff. My God, did they pack up quickly? And quietly. Why didn't they do everything else that quickly? I don't know. <clears throat> yeah. The directing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, overnight, they're like, we're leaving. Like, Great. Moving along. Keeping a tight 90. find it weird (laughs) (laughs) see what you were gonna say did you guys find it weird that they they seem to focus on the servant saying like i'd be happy to pack up your room yes i did find that weird i'm like and then she was like no get out of here or whatever happened but it was like oddly focused like the, the woman had like a she looked directly at her very meaningfully combined and, with like the costuming that she was in and yeah. the like subservient manner and the accent yeah all and of i was it like was who is this she's yeah. gonna be someone and then nothing yeah nothing no and the focus on it made it really weird yeah i got that too yeah totally um <laughs> you, you might even say that we didn't need need that shot yeah, cut it <laughs> <laughs> um so she moves away and he writes her a letter every single day for a year a whole year 365 letters god like by hand with a pen he probably was I, i i don't know how pens were back then but i bet he had to like milk an ink bird and like put the ink in like a you know one of those jars and like dip the quill each mm-hmm. time and like refill you have to it shave the uh tree trunk out back and in like order to make the grist the and roll the paper. paper yeah god oh so and much work and the stamp costs i mean at least 40 cents per stamp yeah that's a whole hour's work for this man yeah that's like 50 bucks so money yep See, that's I think a little bit closer. The problem is that would though, be like one hundred fifty thousand a year, <laughs> fifty bucks. <now. laughs> I don't know. Allie's bitch mother, Joan Allen, has starts intercepting her mail and intercepts every single letter. Now, damn, cold blooded. Two though, she intercepted the mail every single day for a year. Allie never once she went to get never it herself. 
went to the source was never like hey mailman any anything for me she's not just once a city girl who's used to having those things taken care of for that's true that's totally true but also though she is like waiting on it you know she like that's wants true. that letter that's true you would think that she'd run months. out there and she never wrote him herself. she never wrote him she that's yeah. a great point mm-hmm. she had his address she was never like, hey, listen, I hate how we left things. Like, could you maybe just please write to me once? And like, she maybe not have his address because she never received the first letter. She That's possible. Could look it up. How did he have her address? Well, well just, she, he, he knows she's going to Sarah Lawrence. He could just be like Allie Calhoun. She's Calhoun? Or he's Calhoun. He's Calhoun. What's her name? Whatever, Allie something at Sarah Lawrence is probably But she wasn't up. at Sarah Lawrence for that year yet. She was no. at... He knew he knew the address that he had visited her at before, or maybe there's a well, but they've moved to New York. But maybe oh, they left right. a forwarding address. I think we're a little bit into the it's weeds. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's, but it's, the point is, she could have written him. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah she, right. she could have written him. Let's move it along, guys. But so <laughs> she never wrap it up. <laughs> wrap it up. Let's keep it a tight ninety. Tight ninety. Tight ninety. You guys. <laughs> she never writes him back, so he moves on. And then the war starts. We were all kind of wondering if World War II was going to enter this. And uh, he enlists, along with Finn. Uh, e-, e from Entourage goes with him. Oh, and does he go? Oh, yes, he does. Uh, <laughs> the scene that everybody who watched Entourage was longing to see. E dying. But, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't expect such a strong reaction from that I, one. I had no idea what you were, where you were going with that. So just, <laughs> e dying. Um, well, I mean, also we get like a straight up World War II battle scene yeah, in the middle of like this Normandy beach. Ooh, we got not, like airplanes and shit. Let's not forget that three and a half second scene where there's a room full of soldiers standing naked being naked inspected. Dudes. That's for the ladies. That's for the ladies. A lot of skin there. Oh, yeah. Some beefcake for you, ladies. Um, <laughs> Finn dies. And um, <laughs> apparently Finn this dies. is hilarious. <laughs> Finn. And um, Allie, good person that she is, decides that the war is on and she wants to help. So she, even though she's in college, decides to volunteer as a nurse. And this is where 50 minutes into this movie, we finally meet our Baxter, James Marsden, who, god damn, he's handsome. He's the complete package. In that uniform, mm. with that fucking chiseled-ass jaw. With that like, car and everything. Just... Oh, his hair. Excuse me, miss. And he's rich. <sighs> he's kid-tested, mother-approved. What's not nice. to like? Old money. He's nice. He's funny. He's charming. He's a war hero. He loves her. He's from the South. My mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. He's perfect. Perfect manners. Perfect in every way. And also, so, you know, he takes her out to the club. He's gotten her parents' permission before proposing. He gives her a dank-ass ring, which is probably worth more than Ryan Gosling has ever seen in his entire life. It's probably worth, like, 80 cents an hour, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, the best part of it is, is that once she says yes, the thing he does that's great is that he he pushes the band leader aside at the microphone to make that douchey speech to everyone about how his proposal has been accepted and, like, he's getting married tonight, but... He keeps it short and sweet. He doesn't take up everybody's time. He's just like, hey, everybody, I'm getting married. Yay. And then he's done. 
he just perfect like perfect manners gets it out of the way gets the point across and then he's out of there you know who could have learned a lot from him the fucking director of this movie mm-hmm. tight, tight, 90. tight 90 just could have kept it, tight it 90. a much quicker film anyway so ali should really take the rich boy here i think it's the right move mm-hmm. and she's she's feeling that way too at this point no she does I mean, she's, 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 yeah, she's, she's all in all right all right you're right at this point she is she is still leading that way meanwhile we cut back to noah noah well falling apart man he's not doing great no he's not he's come back from the war his dad sold his house to help him buy the ramshackle rundown place that's his dream and they start rebuilding it noah grows a grief beard and he gets uh, pretty hot fixing this place up. He def- he definitely jacked up. He gets way jacketer. Yeah, yeah, jacketer. jacketer. Yeah, yeah. Next time we see him with his shirt off, it's way more impressive. Yeah. And he eventually makes it up nice enough that like everybody wants to buy this place, but he just won't sell because you know he associates it with Allie. Yep. He can't sell his dream with Allie. Too much pain. But uh, he does start seeing this war widow. This poor woman poor. who he keeps leading, leading oh, on for a while. Oh, and his dad dies. His dad dies. That was kind of a... They kind of glossed over that quickly. Yeah. There's a subplot maybe we didn't need. Um, <laughs> moving along. Where's his mom? That would have made it a two and a half hour movie. No, no, no. See... <laughs> they had they actually had a two and a half hour movie, and then they cut the subplot with his mom. His mom was alive before he It explains Allie. a lot, actually, if you watch the deleted scenes of his mom. <laughs> mm-hmm. Allie, meanwhile, discovers that her wedding to Lon, uh, James Marsden, is going to be the social highlight of the season. Of it's the in season. the freaking newspaper? Of the season, Brian! It's sensational! Didn't they have a war to write about? Not anymore. War's over, baby. We won, by the way. Did we establish that? Did, it, did this carry all the way... I mean, I think it's pretty well known generally by audiences that we won World War II, so yeah, it's not necessary didn't... to establish it in the movie itself. <laughs> no, no, but it's it's not clear how much time. Yeah, has I, I actually have no idea what year it is. Like the passage of time in the past, how right. much? Like I have no idea. Yeah, I'm gonna guess it's 1947. Mm. Yep. Like the war ends in 45. He got back in like. 46 it took him a year to fix up the house so it's 47 it's been six months of him turning people down that checks out yeah fucking nailed it anyway she uh she's gonna be the social highlight of the season but the problem is she doesn't feel fulfilled and how do we know that how do we know she's not painting she doesn't paint anymore Mm. She, she doesn't she doesn't feel that spark with Lon, you know. She should be happy. She has everything that she thinks she's supposed to want. She has the perfect life, but on the inside, she just doesn't feel that fire, you know. She doesn't paint. She decides to go see Ryan Gosling. Well, first he sees her, right? Yeah, he happens to see her out the window and jumps off the moving bus to go right. find her, but then sees that she's, she's with, with another man. Right. Right. And so she and now she's at her point where she wants to go see him. So first she has a conversation with Lon, who's like in full on like belt and suspenders, like slick back hair business tycoon mode. And she goes off to see country boy Ryan Gosling, who could not be more of a contrast with that. And it's our first big reunite moment. I think it's been like an hour, right? How long have they been separated? 
a while. Seven years. Second act. <laughs> it's a second act. Felt like seven years. It sure did. This movie's long. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have dinner together, and they briefly share some, you know, nostalgia about how they're eating dinner in the room where they almost fucked that one time. This is the room. Is there's this? The, there's is the this, piano. Just the room. This is the room. Look at the where piano. We, oh my god! Wow, we almost fucked in here. What? She says, "I'm a cheap drunk." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, we also at this point have that confusing flashback to the oldies where um, the kids come to visit and they're like, "Oh, that's those aren't your kids; they're his kids." And for a second, I was like, "Wait, what the fuck is going on?" Because we had it pretty surely guessed who was who yeah in the we old assumed people. that he was no one she was Allie. but then those kids are not hers they're his and so for a second i was like wait is she like the war widow or something like that and well, he just like in is this telling scene the they, story. they establish that she is ally but it's not clear until she leaves the scene that he is uh noah maybe yeah i know it wouldn't it have been hilarious if he'd been lawn the whole time yeah and it just makes her feel better to hear the story yeah. and he's such an amazing guy that he never wound up with her <laughs> but he's dedicated lawn. his life to just telling her the story so of her true romance her. whatever makes you happy baby oh my god lawn i so love lawn as we should make that that movie lawn story lawn story it's like the rosencrans and gildenstern of the notebook the notepad yeah. the notepad <laughs> Oh my god. The notebook two eye notes. <laughs> uh so it, well anyway, so it turns out they're just lying to Allie in order to make her like calm in the moment. It's, right. And so then, damn guys, it's time for our big rowboat scene. And boy is it a sexy one. Best looking scene of the film, I think. That's for sure. No question. It had ducks. It had swans. It had trees. It had rain. Ryan Gosling. It had goslings. Well, <laughs> it may not have had actual gosling. I mean, it's like it is some gorgeous ass cinematography. Mm-hmm. Very romantic. Yeah. And then, you know, the cherry on top is that it starts to rain. So dramatic. Oh, my God. And like there's lightning in the distance. Yep. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, their love just starts to feel faded. You know, it's so romantic. Holy shit. And she confronts him. She's all like. Why didn't you write to me? And he's like, bitch, I did write to you. I wrote you 365. My God. Such commitment. And he's like, it's not, it's like, it's still not too late now. And he kisses her and we get our third. And I think also, I wasn't sure, but maybe also our fourth arm jump of the movie. Because there's been a couple so far. Yep. But these are like particularly sexy hot sensual arm jumps because they're in the rain they're kissing they're making out they make it back to the house his shirt comes off and this is where it's clear that he is yes way jackter and steamy hot romance happens and it's awesome oh yeah yep drew as per your prediction did you find the sex scene to be tasteful there was no side it was it was tasteful we we did get tasteful side boob from the war widow the war widow martha. In a different scene martha okay but yes the styling of the sex scene was per my prediction mm. sort of uh, a soft core non-revealing i yeah i feel like it didn't even rise to i think you're saying soft core what you actually mean is like it was very not explicit 
Right. It was because not, I feel like a yeah, soft core pornography would even be scene. far beyond yeah. what this yeah. even was. Correct. Yeah. Correct. It was. It was a uh, artist, an artfully done love making scene. Indeed. Suggested. Yeah. Well, it wasn't suggested, but we, it wasn't porn. Yeah. I assume this was a PG thirteen film. I have no idea what this is rated. Mm-hmm. I feel like we would have. There weren't any swears, there weren't any guns, there were no actual genitals revealed. No nipples either. No nipples either. Uh, We saw some back. Some back? Some back? (laughs) We We saw saw some some back, back. Drew? Like baby got it? Not even like that. Some hot back. uh, Some actual, you know, like her back we saw. (laughs) (laughs) So I think that supports the theory. (laughs) Well, <laughs> this is anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. So the war widow stops by. This is really a moment. Now we're getting into the like toward the last third of the movie where I start to maybe run out of patience with it a little bit. Yeah, Brian's making the uh, move it along motion, and like this was a subplot that was not necessary for the movie. Mm-mm. Nonetheless, really, it started. Why? Yeah, why did this exist? I don't fucking know. But anyway, I mean, having her there to show that he had some kind of rebound. Okay, but bringing her back was a choice where you could have just not. I mean, I oh. guess you got to like tie it off, right? Otherwise, it's a loose end. Yeah, and like you know, this is adapting a book, right? Which has time for all of these subplots, right? And it's like you know, we want to faithfully adapt the fucking book, and so we make it a two-hour fucking movie. What just occurred to me is maybe without the war widow, we would have thought that he had never had sex with anyone mm. until she came back, which would have made that. It would have made him seem weirder, like more of like an obsessed, yeah, creepy, right. like loner. Like and if you he can't was just have this him, guy with a beard, and who you was can't like just have him for her for that long. I think they still could have done this plot a little faster, though. Yeah, <laughs> they spent a little time on it. Um, Tight ninety. <laughs> yes but um the wrapping up of this plot though does allow Allie to be a smooth Allie, and like you know she like very skillfully resolves a potentially awkward moment between mm-hmm. them which is pretty cool uh yeah she's yeah. she was um on point she nails it yeah and so she wakes up the next morning and we know that she's really truly found her true love because what she's painting again she's painting again that's right she starts painting that's hotly. where we get the sweet topless back. right yeah we get that back get that's that back, right Drew. we see rachel mcadams sexy sexy back mm-hmm. to be fair drew it is a sexy back. It's a sexy. Yeah. She I is see, bringing. She I do sack. see what you're saying. Yeah. Like a very sexy back. Yeah. I, I'm, I withdraw my previous making fun of you. When they were looking for, when they were casting this film, I bet were, that's what they used. They were to like, we need a woman with a yeah. sexy back. It's like a casting couch scenario, but like, I, I feel like we're getting too. <laughs> we're, we're in the weeds again here. This. We'll fix it in post. Let's get out of the back talk. <laughs> <laughs> so. She's evidently been missing for a while because uh, while they didn't call the police this time, the mom police arrive and Joan Allen is at the house and she's like, yo, I called your fiance and told him what's up and he's on his way. And I'm like, what? Why? Damn. I mean, she's meddling. Well, she wants. Yes, but she wants Allie to end up with Lon. And. Her, she can accomplish that like the wrecking she can wreck Allie's chances with Noah just by coming herself 
and maybe even threatening her with Lon and like telling Lon and maybe keeping that in her back pocket as a threat. If she tells Lon, she potentially blows up the relationship with yeah, Lon. You're so right. You know, like why you know that's the nuclear option. Why play it move. immediately? She could have been a, a mother daughter secret. Why why bring him in? She could have right. held this over her head for the rest of her life and controlled her with it. She's taken a huge risk. Unless she just believes that Lon is that good to her. And why wouldn't she? She's met him. He's fucking He's perfect. perfect. Oh my course. god. That's what she was doing. She's I playing into the perfectness. So much the perfection. They have a mother-daughter talk where Joan Allen re- reveals that she actually had her own uh, tempestuous love affair Here with we go. a hot young man during a 17-year-old summer. Who also worked at the Lumberyard. So Indeed. Incredibly similar. Yep. And um, she chose her own Baxter in life, which is Rachel McAdams' dad. And, you know, Joan Allen seems like she has no regrets about her life but always wondered what could have been but she doesn't know and all she knows is she doesn't want her daughter to get lumberjacked <laughs> good night everybody <laughs> indeed and who i mean i guess maybe she sort of has her regrets but they go away whenever she stalks this guy i sort of like keep thinking like <laughs> at any moment the guy was gonna look over and be like would you please stop coming over here and gazing wistfully at me? It's been 25 years. Let I have my own family. Yeah. Like, he's, like, he's moved on. Yeah, well, Brian, you made this observation that, like, in point of fact, both Rachel McAdams and Ryan Gosling are leading their entire lives based off the events of a single summer when they're 17 years old. Right. Yeah. Well, this is why parents yell at these kids, because they're like, I've lived three times longer, and yeah. you don't know nothing. You're this is bullshit they have no perspective you're all hormones yeah you don't know anything about anything this movie is probably a bad influence on teens oh such a bad influence mm-hmm. like go with those feelings go they're with the most your meaningful lawn. feelings that you'll ever have yeah Allie's mom finally breaks down and she's she's crying and you know she's kind of upset about her choices or what what may have been probably the the best line or the the line in the film that got me uh laughing the most was um she says i'm just a big old ball bag (laughs) (laughs) i forgot about that just a big old ball bag i'm sorry (laughs) i'm just a big old ball bag (laughs) oh my god joan allen when you read that this script what did you think (laughs) She tried to put the W in there, but <laughs> ball, bag. ball bag. I'm gonna try and start. I'm gonna try and bring that back. Long story short, Joan Allen kind of like, even though she's supposed to be the uh, the disciplinary figure, she finally gives a sort of tacit permission for Rachel McAdams to follow her heart, and she gives her the letters that uh, Ryan Gosling had been writing to her. She'd saved all of them. Mm. And from Ryan Gosling's perspective, that's got to be so fucking satisfying to see her get those. retribution. Oh, yeah. yeah. And just to be like, oh, yeah, proof. The fucking proof right there. Mm -hmm. All of that devotion just coming through in one moment in a giant package of letters. Just like, oh. Yeah. So good. But, uh, you know, Rachel McAdams still can't make up her mind because it's such a, you know, she's in a very tough position. She's already said yes, like she is engaged. 
And so here we get the big scene, the one that I'd been waiting for since this movie started. And of course, I'm talking about what What do do you you want? want? What do you want? It's not that simple. What What do you want? (laughs) And it also, it comes on the heels of actually like a pretty good speech. Like, you know, it lays out the situation pretty well. Like she's lived her entire life trying to please others and do what's expected of her. And it's finally time for her to, you know, decide based on what she herself wants. And it's, I think it's one of the better scenes of the film. Yeah, it is. And this also gets back to their breakup scene originally because they're they're like fighting by the side of a car there's some physicality you oh, know yeah. there's some there's some pushing and yeah involved. yeah and and he kind of calls out like you know this is what we do you know we we get in each other's faces i call you out you call me out blah 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 yeah well one of them one of their like early romantic montages focuses on that too it's like they were always fighting but it was like sexy fighting we're like it's because they're so passionate for each other yeah yeah so she's driving home and we briefly thought that perhaps she was about to die in a car wreck and maybe the old woman at the uh, nursing home was martha the whole thankfully time. it was a head fake that would have been a weird <clears throat> choice yeah and uh she reads one of the letters woman named Allie. also <laughs> you want me to be with you you change your name to Allie. <laughs> we live happily ever after well, that's why they had the widow um she reads a letter and uh we finally reach the point where she has to make a choice first we get a a romantic interlude with our oldies again and it starts off as like a beautiful romantic interlude where like he's set up this romantic dinner for her and he finishes telling the story out of the notebook and it's like it's it's not literally magic or supernatural, Drew, but it's kind of this trick that they have come up with that against all rational science, the power of love creates a miracle of sorts and that whenever he tells her the full story out of the notebook, it brings her back against the damage of the dementia so that she remembers her or she remembers him if only for a few minutes mm-hmm. before she loses her memory again. And they have, to the movie's credit, a very beautiful scene in which they dance together to their song. Yep, their um, song. And uh, have a few moments of reminiscing and talking about their lives and their children before they really pull the rug out from under you and break your heart and she forgets him again. And it's pretty rough yeah that was a very brutal moment and the worst of it isn't her forgetting even it's the his reaction to it because it's it's hard enough to watch the thing happen but to like observe another person's reaction to it like gets your empathy gland moving i -hmm. think well because he he has the greater perspective like she she's just scared in that moment, she's scared right. and confused. She, she but, doesn't understand what's he happening. Knows everything. He's got the continuity. Happening. Yeah, he's had the the. He understands what's been lost in this moment. Yes. Right. Yeah, and also like he he had that moment. He has the understanding that like he'd been holding on to that just a few moments prior, and now it's been torn away again. Yes. Yeah. So it's it's horrible, and I did have a brief 
horrified few seconds thinking like oh my god are they actually going to end the movie on this note yeah i thought like and i actually to a certain extent i feel like that would have been a very daring interesting choice like it was an option i wouldn't have hated it 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 would have been brutal but i i would have sort of respected it same yeah but they, they they don't choose that ultimately and so we go back in time to our uh you know our main story and Allie's having one more conversation with Lon. <sighs> Lon. <laughs> and oh, Lon reveals Lon. himself to just be the absolute best. Where he's like, you know, traditional masculinity would have you think that I need to murder your boyfriend. Or perhaps beat the living shit out of him. Which I could do because I'm a badass. Or maybe dump you or whatever. But I don't want any of those things. You know why, Allie? Because I fucking love you and i want what's best for you so what do you want babe if that's leaving me you know what i want you to do that because that's what'll make you happy and what makes you happy makes me happy oh my god sploosh (laughs) can we remake this where they just have like a they have like a triangular relationship between the three of them oh my god mm-hmm. they like they're just like poly right in the, <laughs> in the 1940s so south right or like the romantic sexy side is with ryan gosling and then like juan is just the rock oh yes mm-hmm. she shows up at his house and what i really love about this moment is that this is the big climactic moment that she's pulled up to Ryan Gosling's house and she's got all her, her luggage. And this is the moment where she's chosen true love in the face of adversity. And the big romantic moment is that she just gives a big old shrug. Shrug. Yeah. It starts with a shrug. Well, I guess this is what I choose. I guess I fucked it all up. <laughs> <laughs> I love that shrug. Oh my God. So yeah, it starts with a shrug. And then we get one last scene. Uh, or like kind of a coda, I guess. A very long one though with the old people where old Noah has uh, a heart attack or some kind of health incident. I had a problem with this. Go on. Well, the doctor says we're in full arrest. Yeah. Call me on my cell and they card him off. And then like the next scene is old Noah walking out of the room. Like you're in full cardiac arrest at the nursing home. No, 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 no. You're leaving out. In between those two scenes are a few shots of old Allie being alone in the nursing home and not having anyone to read with her or keep her company. And just like, I think those are meant to imply that time is passing with him gone I under- and that she's all like all by herself. No, I, I understand that. I, I I know that it wasn't like that night or whatever, but just having a medical background. <laughs> Yes. Someone who's in full cardiac arrest outside of a hospital setting has about has less than 1% chance of di- of living. And he has already had two heart attacks. But Brian This man is dead. But Brian, <laughs> their love can accomplish miracles. That's right. Oh, I see. Do you think you... our love can create Ooh. miracles? That Yeah. Well, and so th- this brings us to our last scene. He leaves the hospital, he comes back to her in the middle of the night, which you know, if this was the real world, given the fact that she has dementia, waking her up in the middle of the night and startling her like that would probably be a terrible idea. But because their love can create miracles, which also, by the way, like, 
The line's cheesy. The line's cheesy. So cheesy. Back. A little, a little too like heavy. Maybe handed. could for be my on a taste, Hallmark card. For my taste too heavy handed. On the outside, do you think our love can create miracles? Flip the card open. Yes. Of course it can. Yes. But they die together in their sleep. Happy anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a beautiful ending. The uh, end. That's a notebook. Yep. So they, so they they use the notebook to uh to conquer dementia. To conquer dementia. Yeah. And so uh, to time travel, basically. Yeah. It's and like, is it at this point that we get that? No, it must have been before this that we see the inscription that she wrote the notebook. Yeah, it's a little bit before. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, for a movie called The Notebook, there's very little focus on the physical item. Yeah, the item was the, a lot more subtle than, than I thought it would be. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, in the, we never see her writing it in the past. It only exists in the future. Like, I sort of figured the notebook would start to get formed like during the relationship somehow yeah. you know what i mean like it would be her diary or something right or you know what i thought too i was sort of like once they established that he was writing her letters every day i was like oh would the notebook be like the collection of like all the letters yeah. he was writing they her sewed or something the letters like that? together into a notebook yeah so i don't know well, well anyway the, but the thing is she the inscription let's get, let's get back to this this bothered me okay is is that it says read this to me and i will come back to you which implies that she wrote this as she was getting dementia. Oh. Yeah. But th- why not delve into that at some point? Like it's just understood. Yeah. That's it's the magic. That's the magic of the notebook. Mm-hmm. That's the, you know, against all of what medical science might tell you, their love creates miracles, it's Brian. Their love creating miracles. That's that process. It's in the notebook. No, I get that. It's the like... life note. <laughs> Why don't you understand this, Brian? <laughs> Did it wind up failing the Bechdel test? Yes. We think so, right? Because all of the conversations between women did ultimately revolve around men. Yeah, even in conversations where there was some talk of some other subject, it ultimately ended in a discussion. The meat of any conversation was around a relationship with a man. There was spinning around on the beach, Brian. Yes. Do we feel like there was a happy ending? They die together. That's about, I mean, given their situation that they were in, that's about as happy as it could possibly have gone, right? Yeah. It's bittersweet. Yeah. Totally. Totally. They died in each other's arms as an old couple. You want that, right? Yeah. Yeah. And the the, 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 the happy ending was that she chose him. Yeah, right. Right? Yeah. But here's the real question. Who cried? Not I. Brian? I think I would have cried if I wasn't with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> but you had to bro up because we were here. Yeah. I would have, like, punched you in the nuts, bro. In the last 10 minutes or so, I definitely got a little uh, hot behind the eyeglasses. Really? Yeah. Like, in the in the moment where she uh, remembers that, where Allie rem- old Allie remembers that he is Noah and she's Allie and it's them... And then yeah. forgets again and is horrified by him. And he's so taken aback. That got me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that got me. I did not cry. The closest I came was in that scene. Yeah. 
Um, and I, you know what I think a big part of it was for me is that um, apart from animals, which we talked about earlier, another key trigger for me is music. And I don't think the music in this was very memorable or particularly good. Like in the key moments, I don't think it like was the cheat code to my emotions the way it sometimes is in other movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, I think I could have cried if that had been a little better, but I didn't wind up doing it this time. Well, a little bit about how this movie did, you guys. So this movie had a budget of $29 million. How much does anyone here think it made? 60 87.5 million. You're both wrong. It made 115.6 million dollars. Wow. Making it according to Box Office Mojo the 17th highest grossing romantic drama of all time. Oh my goodness. This was a big hit. It was kind of a sleeper hit. It like, you know, didn't open big, but word of mouth got it big and it also has kind of been a cult favorite, cult phenomenon. I remember people talking about this movie a mm. lot, certainly, when I was uh, maybe in college. Okay. Uh, in, like, this this was popular. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, made money. A lot of it. Now, when it comes to awards, normally I talk about the Oscars. But in this case, we have a different set of awards that this movie won. This movie won eight Teen Choice Awards, (laughs) including Best Date Movie, Best Chemistry, Best Lip Lock, and Best Love Scene. Lip Lock. That's right. It also won the MTV Movie Award for Best Kiss. Which one? Which kiss do you think it was, you guys? Yeah. I don't know. It has to have been the one on the dock in the rain, right? Mm-hmm. Where Ryan Gosling's yeah. like, it's still not too late. And yeah. Passionately. I mean, like, Grabs Jesus. by the neck. And it's fucking raining, mm-hmm. and she's engaged to be married, and it's like his last Hail Mary pass on, like, if it's ever going to work, now's now. the moment. Like, it's got to be that. Sure. Yeah. On Rotten Tomatoes... This has a 53% score from critics, making it rotten. It has an 85% audience score. Wow. Which I am pretty sure is the biggest gap between critics and audience that I've seen on this podcast. Huge. Wow. Yeah. Um, As far as the critics go, we have Christopher Smith for the Bangor Daily News. Well done. Well acted schmaltz. A beautifully shot melodrama that overcomes its contrivances by striking just the right romantic tone. Okay. All right. Anna Smith of Empire Magazine wrote, An uncomplicated, nicely shot tale that ticks all the right boxes for those after good old-fashioned weepy. Yeah, that's... I would agree with that one. On the negative side. Here we go. (laughs) Amy Biancole of the Houston Chronicle wrote, The notebook is a weepy of the most artificial and insistent variety, the kind that holds viewers hostage and expects them to pay in body fluids. (laughs) Will it jerk your tears? Whoa. Maybe. Or maybe you'll just feel jerked around. Wow. (laughs) Eric Lurio of the Greenwich Village Gazette wrote, Ladies, 
leave the guys home for this one. <laughs> Is that a negative review or just? I think it means a good that dudes don't like romantic dramas. Not ones like this. Lastly, Peter Bradshaw of the Guardian wrote, "Dentistry in the Renaissance." could not have been more painful than watching this. Oh my gosh. Ouch. <laughs> Peter. Wasn't that bad, was bro? not that bad. Peter? I mean, great turn of phrase, but yeah. bring it down a notch. Save that for, Save like, that for something. Keep that in your back pocket for something a little worse. That's Jesus Christ. Daily comment. So that was what the pros thought, you guys. But far more important, bros... What did y'all think of the notebook? Keeping in mind that better late means there's something kind of important or critical about the movie and never means that uh, if you went your whole life without seeing it, that's, you know, that's cool. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with a never on this one. But did you like it? No. Okay. (laughs) What what about it did you not like, Drew? Uh, I mean, just the... The pacing, as we've done to death already, but uh, I didn't. I didn't care much about the story and characters. That the romance wasn't that it didn't important sizzle. to me. I mean, it, it. It sure it sizzled for our characters, but I didn't really. I don't really care about their story that much. There's, there was nothing important about their romance. Romance. They were just you know, a couple of kids in love, and. If that's what you're wanting to see a movie depicting, great. But this 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 movie is the style of rom com that I usually avoid. It's boring, a long, boring story. Yeah. Fair, Brian. It's gonna be a never for me too, but I liked it. I'll be I'll be honest. I enjoyed watching it. Most of the time watching it, I was I was kind of laughing at it, but then it got me in the end. It did get me in the end. And, you know, if this was something that, um, you know, my wife wanted wanted to watch or something and at the, at the end of the night, uh, I, I would feel happy about it. So I did, I did enjoy it. But it's, I'm not any different or better for having watched it at all. Like it's, I, I could definitely live without it. Yeah, it's going to have to be a never for me too, dog. <laughs> <laughs> but that being said, so... Part of the reason for this is because it's a genre I don't normally check out, romantic drama, and, you know, I normally avoid it, and the reason for that is that, you know, my preconception is that they're boring. I'm going to have to say that this movie kind of lived up to that preconception, but the reason for that is, it you know, we've been laughing about it the whole time, but the problem with the movie is it's too long. Mm-hmm. And if this movie had been a little shorter, if it had been a tight 90... I think I might actually have come out of this feeling much more positively about it. Hmm. There yeah. the, there were elements in there that I did like a lot. So having seen this now, it's kind of like it's a wash. I'm kind of like I am no more or less likely to see a romantic, you know, X type of movie now having seen this one. So it's a never. I liked it. OK, it's kind of a it's a C. Yeah. Yeah. Solid C. Solid C. Solid C. All right. Well, so that's our podcast for today. Guys, it was a lot of fun doing the pod. And uh, yeah, Brian, it was good to have you here in person this once. Thanks for having me. It was, it was great watching this uh, in person and recording with you guys. Yeah. 
And uh, yeah, we'll catch you all next time. If you want to contact the pod, it's betterlatethannever at gmail.com or you can tweet at us at betterlate underscore pod. We'll see you next week. Peace.